Let's talk about the value of a hidden life on this episode of Pushback. If you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Johnny, and this is another episode of Pushback. I want to welcome you as my family, friends, uh, those who are my regular listeners. And if this is your first podcast, I welcome you. And I hope that you'll continue to listen every week as we talk about relevant cultural issues that affect each and every one of us every day and our families. I will get back to a potential series that I started last week entitled Powerful Parenting because I think it's so important that we as parents realize, recognize, and provide strategy for our children as they face so many cultural issues. I, I believe generating sort of this top 10 list of things that we can go through as parents uh, to help our children navigate culture that they are faced to. Now, there is nothing new under the sun. And so it's not like they're facing different cultural issues that perhaps any child have faced, temptations and the things that the world throws at them. But there's something about this generation that has sort of this, this instantaneous access to so many things uh, that they are bombarded through media and through interactions and social interactions uh, that I feel like they're really in a unprecedented time of being exposed to so many things so quickly and at such a young age. And culture is kind of wanting to do that, expose them to a younger age. But we as parents need to be equally as proactive uh, and be able to push back against this culture that is looking to influence our children, whether we like it or not. And we need to be the principal influencers through the power of God and heaven itself to release truth, life, wholeness, and strategy into their lives so that they know what to say, they know how to respond, they know what to look for. It's our role and it's our duty, and I would like to help you with that. I'm going to interject, though, a podcast uh, about something that just happened to me this week. Um, I won't go into any great details, but I sort of threw my back out about two weeks ago. I have no idea how or what I did, um, but sort of woke up with fairly significant back pain and a couple days sort of flat on my back. Uh, and it gave me opportunity to maybe watch a movie or two. <laughs> and I was, you know, one time just looking through Google and probably looking up the Vikings or something like that. And at the bottom of the screen, there was a article entitled the best movies of the 21st century. So that kind of got my attention. So from, from 2000 to 2022, like this author's opinion on what were the best movies. And so I thought, well, that was interesting. Uh, I should read that. So I pulled that up and uh, there was a movie on there that I hadn't heard of that was released in 2019 entitled A Hidden Life. And the brief description that this article gave was about a farmer in Austria during uh, World War II and his convictions 
Uh, and they described it even in this paragraph that it was a Christian-based movie uh, with core Christian principles. And even the author was fairly surprised that he was sort of touting a Christian movie. He made a comment about that. But he thought from um, from a cinematography standpoint, it was it was exceedingly good and, uh, and re- highly recommended it. And so I was like, well, that's certainly intriguing. Uh, certainly the topic intrigued me as well as being Christian-based. So I pulled this movie up and uh, pulled it up on Amazon Prime and, and sat flat on my back and watched this thing. Uh, it was a, uh, it's almost even hard for me to recommend it because it's three hours long. And it was, if I could use a word, uh, it was artsy. Which usually isn't kind of the movie that I would navigate or, or navigate towards, but uh, it was it was artsy. It was kind of avant garde. It was it was it was kind of a little foreboding. Uh, the music was kind of oh, 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 like for three hours, and uh, um, but it was beautifully filmed and filmed a little bit differently than other movies that we've seen because it was almost all kind of a B roll. Um, sort of short snippets of little conversations. In fact, the movie had no real dialogue as we would describe dialogue. It was sort of almost, it wasn't really a documentary like, but it was it was just short little interchanges between people. Uh, and I would say maybe even half the movie of the three hours was sort of B-roll watching them work the land and work their farm in late 1930s, early 1940s, Austria, up in the mountains. So the, fil- the, the, the backdrop was stunning. It was absolutely beautiful. But you see, you know, if you think you understand what hard work is, you should watch this movie because it opens your eyes to how much work uh, was required to run these homes and these farms before tractors and power tools and, and all of these things. So I began watching this movie and it's, a true story uh, based, I believe, starting like 1938, somewhere in there, um, a story of Franz Jagerstatter. There's a name for you. Franz Jagerstatter. He's an Austrian peasant farmer born and raised in the village of St. Radegund. And it's a story of him uh, initially in the Austrian army. Uh, he was sent back to the farms and back to his family because they needed food and so he was sent back, but he knew, and most of the men in the, in the village knew, that they would be recruited into the Nazi army. And in order to go into the Nazi army, it required you to raise your right hand and swear an oath to Adolf Hitler, the Fuhrer. And as Franz learned more about the Nazi party and what Germany was doing, he had internal Christian conviction. He made it clear that there was an evil in this world and the Nazi party was that. And he was unwilling to bow a knee to Adolf Hitler. Now, a large portion of this movie was really about the town and the village sort of shunning this family because to not bow a knee to the Nazi party, not take their handouts, um, not volunteer for the things they needed to be volunteered for. He was putting a target on himself and maybe even the rest of the village. 
And so the rest of the village would not talk to them, would throw things at them, uh, would ostracize them. So that was painful, and yet he kept his conviction. He knew that he would be called up, and he knew that to refuse to be called up would be an execution for his whole family. But he knew that when he would be called up, that he would refuse to take the oath. And so the movie predictably occurred just as that. He gets called up. There's a, a, a tremendous internal conflict within himself to want to be with his family and to want to just go along with the culture. But his internal conviction would not allow him to. It was a beautiful love story between he and his wife who were completely devoted to each other and his three daughters working this farm. And so you could feel the need for him to be part of this family. You could feel the love um, and the cherished uh, treasures that his daughters were. You could feel it through the movie. And that was the point. His conviction was even stronger than that. And so he went to the church and there were scenes of him talking to clergy who by this time had also bowed their knee to Nazism because Adolf Hitler wanted to wipe out the churches. So they needed to simply go along. And Franz would ask them, how can we be part of or endorse or, or belong to an evil regime? And their response was, well, you are responsible to Austria. You're an Austrian. And he would respond like, what about God? What about his view? And the church completely compromised and ostracized him too. So predictably, he gets called up to the Nazi army. And he gets taken away from his family. And day one, they required them to line up and raise their right hand and give an oath to Hitler at which point he refused. He was imprisoned and beaten and tortured and, and given opportunity by the Nazi party to change his mind. If, if you would just sign this paper, this could all go away. They explained to him that if he has even convictions about combat, that they could have him work in a hospital where he could use his, his sympathetic um, Christian mind to take care of the poor and the and those who were injured. So he wouldn't have to have internal conviction about fighting for Hitler. At which point he asked, does it still require me to raise my right hand and give an oath to Hitler? And of course the answer was yes, and he refused. So spoiler alert, I guess I'm giving the end of this movie, but there's no surprise ending. There's no allied troops that come and sweep him away and rescue him. There's no change of heart. There's no earthquake that breaks down the prison walls. Uh, his chains don't fall away. He is executed. And his wife knew it was coming and his family knew it was coming and the village knew it was coming. And, and then it came. And that was the end. And you're thinking, wow, what a great way to spend three hours of your life watching this movie. But here's the impactful part of a hidden life. Is all throughout the movie, 
at one point even his wife, at one point even the village, and certainly the Nazi soldiers, in the internment camp, and even before execution. They explained to him or tried to convince him that what he was doing, the stand that he was taking, would make no difference. How could this possibly change the course of the war? Nobody's going to know about you. Nobody's going to care about you. Your name will never be remembered. And yet here we are, some 70, 80 years later, watching a movie about him. That's what it was kind of about. It was about a man who was an ordinary man, a man who was a regular guy, had a regular wife, had a regular family. He was just a guy. He was a peasant farmer. And yet he stood up for what he believed, and he was remembered. At least this one man was. There might have been countless others who had the same conviction that were never remembered, but lived a life, maybe even a hidden life, in front of an audience of one. The one who had conviction for the God of the universe that taught us to not bow a knee to evil, to stand up for what we believe in. So much of the film was just their ordinary days on the farm. And that was the point. So much of the film was their love story and how he cared for the family. And that was his point. That was the point. Because he chose to forsake it all. Everything. For the truth of the gospel of Christ and what he taught us. It's the everyday decisions that we make before our spouse and our children and what they saw, him being torn up on the inside to do what was right. There were some great quotes throughout the movie. I had my little notebook as I was writing this, some of these down, but this was my favorite. He said, it is better to suffer injustice than to do it. It is better to suffer injustice than to do it. It's those little decisions each and every day. You know, the Bible, especially uh, the Gospels, are filled with Jesus telling parables and stories about everyday people. They weren't like King Solomon type stories, like the greatest people on the planet. These were like everyday people living a life of conviction because Jesus cared about the heart. He said, And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or farms for my name's sake will receive many times as much and will inherit eternal life. Matthew 19.29 in Luke 14, 33, he said, In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything, you cannot be my disciples. This is what Jesus required. 
full-scale surrender to him and to his kingdom. You know, he told a story that we're all familiar with about the Good Samaritan. This was a regular guy just doing his normal day. And yet there was something about the hidden decision of his heart, the hidden life. The story of the Good Samaritan is about a man that didn't seek praise, recognition. He was a man that just saw need and had conviction of his heart. And it swayed him and it moved him. And that's what is required of us. You know, I've said this many times and you guys know this, that I consider sort of abortion is the Nazism of our day. It's the, it's the, the evil on this earth. And, and we've had victories this year and, and we need more and we need to continue to move. And I've, I've talked about never rising up and never compromising and being on the forefront. And, and, and we talked about, you know, the loudest voice gets heard. And you've heard me say all of these things. But there's also an equal or maybe even more power in just the everyday decisions that we make before the Lord. The everyday convictions that we have. The lines that we will not cross. The way we respond to people. The words that we speak. Our heart responses. To the Lord, it's about our heart. So I have this podcast, and I, I may be guilty for calling for you know a public life, uh, loud noises, making a difference, standing before kings, not succumbing to the culture of the world. These are the be- the bell that I ring, and I'm not going to apologize for that because that's the purpose of this podcast. And I believe there is a place for that. And if I, I believe that if the kingdom of God and his people aren't the ones that are going to do it, then who's going to do it? And so we need to stand up and we need to push back. But I want to bring balance to that today in another way, in the hidden life. The internal convictions that we have every single day in the small moments, in the words that we say, these do matter. And even though it's called a hidden life, it is seen. It is seen by our all-powerful creator, God, who loves us and created us with a heart of compassion and loving kindness. It's how he created us to be. It's what he demands of us as his disciples, forsaking all things and following him and his ways and his teaching. So in those small moments, in those places where we can be angry and frustrated, that we can lash out, that we can say mean and hurtful things, where we can simply drive by people who are hurting and turn the other way, it's in those moments where the hidden life comes out. It's in those moments that this movie is convicting because he was a rich man in many ways. The things that this world offered in relationships with his wife and his children and his farm. He had a simple life, but he had a tremendous life. And the movie did a great job over three hours laying out what he was sacrificing, which was everything, even unto his life. 
It's what Jesus did. It's what Franz did in this movie. And it was inspiring. I was inspired. There was a uh, quote that this movie put up at the end of the movie. And I'm going to read it to you as well. It was written by George Eliot, an English author, novelist, poet, journalist, one of the leading writers of the Victorian era, era. written by George Eliot, but George Eliot was a woman. <laughs> her, pen, her pen name was George Eliot, but it was actually written by Marianne Evans, which was so often the case back in then. They had a male pen name. But this is what she wrote. And this is what was put up at the end of the movie. For the growing good of the world is partly dependent on unhistoric acts. And that things are not so ill with you and me as they might have been is half owing to the number who lived faithfully a hidden life and rest in unvisited tombs. Powerful words and convicting to all of us that we have a scroll, the Bible says. And the things that we do and the way that we respond, it also says we're accountable for all of those things. So what is going to be written on our scroll don't get me wrong. I believe that everyone that listens to this podcast, I'm calling for you to change the world, to impact culture all around you. Now that might be as a life that is more hidden. It might be a life that is more public. The Lord will sort that out in your own life. But what I'm also calling for is that hidden place in your heart. Those everyday decisions, those convictions, and how we respond according to the goodness of God. Those hidden places that define us as human beings before God. Are we willing to lay everything down? Are there lines we will not cross? These are the things that we determine now. We find those and we live that way. Forsaking all things. I would love to hear your feedback on this podcast or other podcasts. I would love to hear topics from you that you would like me to talk about. Cultural things that either you're concerned about or are seeking strategy for. Can we talk about those things together and bring that forward on a podcast? Please go to pushbackculture.org. Pushbackculture.org. Org. Leave me a message, a comment, question, concern, disagreement. I will treat those with honor and we'll discuss them here on this podcast. That is my heart as we go forward. Thank you for listening again this week. I love all of you. I pray for you. I bless you. And until next time, let's go together now to set and shape the culture. Music